Hello and welcome to the Oasis Church Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Okay, there we go, gradually getting older, kind of getting up on that seat, God dear me. With every year that goes by, I have a vision Sunday, I get greyer and my bones ache. But hey, God's still good. God doesn't change. And that's what we're going to get to celebrate through this. It is a good hello to everyone upstairs. Give us a wave. Ah, there you go. Good hello to everyone. Ground floor, give us a wave. And a good hello to everyone online. Give us a wave. Wouldn't it be amazing if we could do an Anton Deck type moment and suddenly see people live wherever they're watching this? I would actually love that. That's something maybe we could technically try and do. Maybe that would get us in trouble. I don't know. Maybe we'd be hacking into people's screens. And probably that is a bad thing, I guess. But it would be a lot of fun just as a one-off, just to keep you at home on your toes. Um, If you were around last Sunday, you'll know that we kind of looked at... um, an invitation for each of us as individuals, an invitation this coming year to live more shaped by Jesus' invitation uh, to live with his way of living that provides lightness and provides rest. And if you're around, you'll know that I then looked and said, well, maybe there's some ways that Jesus gives us. Um, And I looked at eight S's that Jesus gives us in order that we could live lightly, live from that place of rest. And we looked at being those who are sustained, uh, looked at scripture, slowing down, silence and solitude, simplicity, sharing, Sabbath and sacraments. And I left us with a bit of a challenge and said, okay, well, this is good, but only kind of changes us as we get hold of it. And so like, why don't we each take a moment, maybe within our small group, and just reflect and say, okay, what is it that I feel strong in at the moment? What helps me in that so we can learn together? And what's the one of these eight that I feel like over the coming year I want to give myself to, over the next six months, say, uh, to kind of see how this could shape more of my life? And just wanted to encourage you, like, have you found that thing that you want to lean into? One of those S's you feel like, yeah, that's the thing that I'm going to lean into this coming year. And I'd encourage you, if you've not yet done that, please take some time out to just think, yeah, that's the one that I'm going to lean into. But today, having looked last week of the invitation to us individually, today I want to look at like, well, what's the invitation for us together as a family, as a church? Uh, Whether we're gathered here in this moment uh, in the room, gathered online or watching because we couldn't be present either at some point in the week. And This Sunday provides us a moment to kind of remember and be reminded of why we exist as a church. And that in that understanding of why we exist, then to look back and say, well, isn't it amazing what God's doing amongst us? And to look forward and say, what is it that God wants to do in us as we move forward through this year and beyond? And that's my goal, and I hope that we'll get there uh, at some point in the next kind of 25 minutes, um, or thereabouts. Um, In it, though, there can become that thing of, like, is this then a pressured moment? Uh, I say again, no, it's not, because of last week, remember, it's the invitation to live with the lightness that Jesus has for us. And what we've always said is that this isn't ultimately about us. This is always about God. You see, if you were to drill it down, like, who we are as Oasis Church is we exist because we believe Jesus changes everything, full stop. 
We never add anything to him. We just say we exist because Jesus changes everything full stop. And the reality is that's a truth that would be held up by churches all through the country, through the world. And what we've said is, yeah, that's the key, though. That's what keeps us together. That's what we've discovered as individuals, what we've discovered together, what we've discovered or are discovering is that Jesus changes everything full stop. Like over the last 22 months as we've lived with a pandemic, I think we've understood more than ever before. Like Jesus truly is enough. When everything else is shaken, Jesus is never shaken. Jesus is enough. And with that reality of saying why we exist is because we believe Jesus changes everything full stop, is we say that when, then we then go on to live with four words, four words that we see based in Jesus' teaching in Matthew 22, 37 to 39, where he's quizzed by someone who's like, like, how am I to live? And what Jesus says in our summary is, well, you are to live loving God and loving people. And that's what we've said we'll do, is because we believe that Jesus changes everything full stop, we will therefore live seeking to love God and love people. In terms of loving God, it means that we live lives that are centered on God, living shaped by his goodness and his unfailing love. And that as we live more and more from that place, centered on who this God is of unfailing love, it causes us then to be those that live lives of celebration in who this God of unfailing love is. It's why we, whenever we gather, we can't help but say, actually, what we need to do to start off with is just celebrate in who the wonder of who God is. It is how he's redefined us. But along with that loving God, we've also said that we're going to be those that love people. That out of the love that we now know, we get to show to others. We get to show a love that is unconditional, that is sacrificial, and that is for their best. You know, who'd have ever thought that a simple item that we'd wear on our face would be a demonstration of our love towards other people? And yet we're all sat in this room, apart from me in this moment, many of us with masks on where we can make, wear them in order that, to show that love for others. There's a bunch of people who said, yeah, we want to live loving others in order that they'd know something of the love that we've come to be shaped by of this God of unfailing love. And I, for me, it's just been such a privilege to hear stories over the past kind of year of individuals saying of how Jesus truly does change everything. I can think of uh, two ladies that I got to speak to towards the end of last year who'd come to discover for the first time in their lives that Jesus does change everything. And they entered like the Christmas season kind of for the first time, recognizing the wonder of who Jesus is and being to be shaped more by what it means to love God and to love people. Got to hear over the Christmas break of someone who'd watched our carol service online. And then from that Sunday through till Christmas, they'd just been pondering the question they'd been left with. For the first time, considering that Jesus isn't just someone that you can read about, but also someone you're invited to get to experience and know. And then just left with that question, well, 
I've never thought of that. Like, what does that therefore mean for me? Of hearing that this last Tuesday evening that a number of people turned up to do our Alpha Online in order to discover something about who Jesus is. And it's that that I think excites us, doesn't it? Of as we've come to discover the wonder of Jesus, that we then get to cause others and pull others in to see the wonder of Jesus. As we live with that in mind, what we've said is that we want that to shape who we become. That understanding that Jesus changes everything, therefore we love God and love people, is to shape us as we move forward. Before we look at where we're going, I want to just briefly look at where we've been. See, last summer, my family and I got to go to the Lake District. I've kind of talked about this a lot because we didn't get to go many places last year, and therefore, to be honest, I have to just keep leaning back into the one place we went, and that was the Lake District. And we got to go to the Lake District, and within the Lake District, we did a number of different walks. And on those walks, we learned how to get lost. We learned how to navigate out of being lost. We learned how to find destinations and how to get back home as well as moments of enjoying that journey. And I'm just going to show you one photo just briefly that was on one of our walks where we've been going for some time, and we were lost at this moment. And as we were lost, rather than panicking about where we were, we just thought, let's just look at where we've been. And suddenly in that moment, as we looked back, it caused us to see how far we'd come. Now, being honest, we, weren't, we hadn't come from the kind of mountain that you can see in the background. We, we're not that good. It was like the valley underneath. But having seen kind of like how far we'd come, it also caused us to then look and see the view around us and the beauty of what we just got up to see. And then what it did is it fueled us. Say, I think we can keep going. And we did keep going, and we made it to our destination. Hooray! Live and tell the tale. But in it, as I was reflecting in terms of this year and kind of for us as a church, I was just reminded of that moment, actually. Because so often we can just look back to the immediate. And I believe, actually, because of the nature of how we've lived over the last 20 months, where we've lived with such uncertainty, where we've lived with moments of just things changing every few months, that if we're not careful, we start to feel like, well, well, what it's been like is like what it was like three months ago. And I just felt like this was a moment for us to just camp out for a few minutes and just take in the view of where we've been. Taking the view of where we've been as a church to look and see what God has done. And therefore, I just want to briefly, and I promise you it will be briefly, just look at the last five years And as we're to look at it, I believe that God wants us to look at it with a lens of looking at the last five years as a journey home. See, the end of 2016, we were living as a church community with a number of different kind of encouragements for God that just kept coming through that were shaped by this word, adventure. And so as we entered 2017, we knew that was a word that we were going to live with. Often we find, and you're going to see each year, we have this word that becomes like a signpost that shapes us through the year. And the word for that year was adventure. And as we started out that year, we suddenly found out that part of that adventure was going to mean that we were going to have to move from the venue that we'd been in. 
We'd been based at Edgebaston Cricket Ground for on and off 10 years, and we knew that at some point that year, by the Easter, we'd need to move. We didn't know where, but we definitely knew when. And so we started this year off in an adventure, an adventure to discover, like, what would God do? And there was something in us as a bunch of people that said, but why couldn't God provide us a home, not just simply a location to base ourselves on a Sunday? And so we set off on a journey. And we ended up leaving Edgebaston and camped out for a, se- for a season because we had nowhere else to go at the MAC, and they were friends of ours, the Midlands Arts Centre, and we got to be there, and it became a a temporary base for us, somewhere to kind of regroup a bit. I remember, like, if you know the story, that we literally left Edgebaston with nowhere to go, Uh, and then we text everyone by the following Sunday, say, hey, gather at the MAC, we can be there. And we knew what it was to just live an adventure. Uh, it was quite scary sometimes, but the reality was, like, unlike Home Alone, Kevin wasn't left behind. Like, no one was left behind at Edgebaston. Everyone made it to the Mac. But as we continued the year in the Mac, it just became a place where we knew it was temporary. It was something we found that wasn't really conducive to who we were as a family. It, it, was, it was starting to hurt us. It was hurting us in terms of connection with each other and hurting us in terms of financially of how much it was costing. And we just started leaning and saying, but God, we wanted to believe you in the adventure that you'd provide us for a home. And then God provided. God provided a fixer-upper in South Street. And I don't know if you've been part of the whole journey, but I remember in October 2017, kind of showing a video of our fixer-up of South Street. I just thought it'd be fun to remind us of that, and therefore I'm going to hand over to, with the wonder of technology, to myself in 2017. And so, over to you, Adrian, in 2017. Thank you, Adrian, and welcome, Oasis, to a bit of a tour of the building. I'm now going to be the one who gives you a tour around. So, coming into the building, we kind of find ourselves in this lobby, which I just see is that this a great place that Oasis is going to welcome everyone in. Uh, and from here, we immediately go into an area that I think is going to become like the hub hangout area of Oasis. So, come on in, and I'll show you a bit more about it. As you can probably tell immediately, this is a slightly different space for us to meet in. But it's a space that immediately reveals that this building has a story. It has history. You can look at it and see the pews around me, see the stained glass windows, uh, even see the pulpit and an organ. And that's because actually this coming January uh, in 2018, this building celebrates 150 years of being in existence, which means that we get to be part of a story that's been going on spiritually here for decades. And I think that's incredibly exciting. And so with it, it then gives us an opportunity to start to put our story within the history of what's going on here. And so, uh, this room we're going to use as kind of a meeting room during the week and then for kids work on a Sunday, the kind of wall that you can see behind me, we're going to look to take out because it will just open the space up and I think make it quite light, bright and also a lot bigger, which will be good. 
So we're now at the back of the building and at this point we get to the bit where we get to use our imagination. We get to use our imagination of the potential of uh, what this space can be. We've basically got a blank canvas uh, to make it our own. It's um, structurally sound and we can uh, house some kids working in it. We're probably going to put a marquee up to start off with in this space uh, just to house some of the kids work. But over time we can start to develop this space uh, and the rooms off it uh, that will allow us to use it for lots and lots of different purposes both on a Sunday but also throughout the week. Uh, in its heyday the Methodist Church when they were based here um, would rent this space out seven days a week uh, and they were often had a waiting list of people wanting to come and use this space and so it's a, an environment that, that's been central to the community and, and one I think we can put back there uh, both for us the surrounding community uh, and those that we touch uh, in other places uh, and so I think there's a lot we can do in this space. So that kind of ends the tour then. I think God promised us at the start of this year an adventure and I think this building well and truly is part of that journey. I find it interesting just how much I've changed uh, in the last five years but there we go. Um, this building has also changed. We moved in in the, 20, in the December of that year uh, and I think what's amazing is seeing how some of what we spoke about then has begun to happen here, that we've learned, as we're going to go and see in a couple of minutes, that we've begun to shape this space. But also, just to say, even this last week, uh, we saw this building start to become more part of the local community as we've, we're partnering with someone to help them set up a business uh, that's based in the back hall, uh, that's serving the local community, which is just exciting. Uh, but then, that was 2017, let's move forward then, 2018. And in 2018, we said the word that we were living with was pace. And we discovered that it just takes time to define a building. We recognized that this building wasn't to define us, but rather we were to define it. But in it, it caused us to work out, well, how do we define who we are in a space like this? And so it took time to kind of remove, remove pews and remove walls and uh, start to figure out how do we feel more and more at ease and at home in this place. We found that this building became a place of stability for us in suffering. I haven't got time to go into it, but that year of 2018, we were to face suffering like never before as a church community. And this became a place where it provided a stability and safety uh, to understand Jesus with us through suffering. We also got to celebrate the 150th anniversary of this building, and there's different posters, pictures around the building, and that was part of that exhibition, and we invited many in from the community who stepped foot often for the first time, actually, into the building, just to share something of this story. And we began to live that actually we were now developing the story of this building, moving forward. Then in 2019, we said the word that we were gonna live with was home. And as we live with that word, we discovered that we were to have a culture of home, a culture of home that we were seeking to build together, which is one of welcome, authenticity, honoring, faith, justice, mercy, and creativity, rest, and joy. And you'd have each seen those words every time you come into this building. As, as you come through the lobby now, on that wall of different pictures, are words that define this culture that we say is our home here. This isn't just a building, it's our home together. 
and therefore we continue to develop the building and continue to find practices of home. One of those practices we introduced is this, the pause discipleship guide, which was us living and saying, how can we be shaped together to live with Jesus at the center, living with a rhythm that marks how we live weekly, daily, and monthly in pausing, centering, and continuing. Then in 2020, we lived with the word of well. As we live with that word of well, of saying actually we want the building not to be a place where we put walls up that keep people out, but rather we draw people in to see the wonder of who Jesus is and taste and see how good he is. And in that year, we relaunched Alpha. What's been amazing is that from that moment of relaunching Alpha in January 2020, we'd have never realized that we would then enter into a pandemic and yet Alpha would go with us. And so we've moved Alpha being something that comes here to a well that's available to anyone who wants to come and drink of it from wherever they're based. And so as we've moved Alpha online, we've just seen numbers come through regularly as we do Alpha every few months. It's just been amazing. As we saw the walls removed, we, whereas we couldn't gather uh, like we had because of the pandemic, and if we had to learn new ways of meeting, new ways of gathering online, still have people online gathering with us, and seeing that we weren't going to do that as something we just watched independently, but actually gathered to a moment which made us feel like, no, we're not just part of something in our own house, but our homes are connected. And in that, we realized that the walls came down as we went online, as we were able to give others a way in without the fear of kind of coming through the doors. And then gradually, as they found it was okay to be around us, we then were able to welcome them in as we came back in to this building. As well as the well, this building then became, within the pandemic, a base camp. It allowed us moments to enhance what we were able to do online together. Like, much of what we're able to show and cause people to hear online now is because of what we learn over the last 20 months. And in the year 2020, where we learned to gather and use this space, when I talked to others who were renting places, they were kind of moving in and out of each Sunday, they were just envious of what we were able to do because we had a base camp here that gives us that place of stability, but also that place of familiarity and a place to move out from. And then last year, 2021, we lived with that banner heading of joy. Reality was that it was a year that none of us were expecting last year. Everyone felt like 2020, that had surely been the one where it was like a year like no other. And then 2021, we kind of enter it and realize, man, we're unable to see each other once again. And I remember kind of talking and saying, well, I wonder if we're going to be shaped by joy this year. And if you're like, really? On a year like this? And yet, didn't we discover it? Didn't we discover that joy is profoundly found in Jesus? That regardless of circumstances, we found increasingly last year that Jesus truly is our joy. And that as he comes and causes us to share in who he is and the joy that he has, it causes us then to overflow with joy. We found the joy of coming home. That actually, once we could actually gather back in person together, the number of people who said to me, it just feels like I've come home. The joy of our birthday Sunday last year, 22nd, uh, 20, our 22nd birthday, where we decided to go old school and kind of do what we used to do and just have a big party, celebrate what God had done in us, but then get some moment to eat together and have inflatables for kids to run over and run on and just have fun together, have joy together. 
I remember one of the kids in OKC coming to see me at the end of that time and just coming and saying, this has been the best day of my life. <laughs> like, I felt for their parents, because I thought, man, I'm sure your parents have done many, many wonderful things. But I also thought, man, I'm going to take that. I'm going to tell that story often. The best day of my life. And then the joy of welcoming others in. I think as we've opened the doors uh, and allowed people to gather again in person, it's just been amazing. Such a privilege to welcome so many new faces around us in order that they too could start to find that this is home. But as I said, I feel like there's a different perspective we're going to look at over those five years. You know, I've given the signposts of each of those years, of some of the highlights. You know, we could spend eight hours like, looking at all of these different years and what God's done. But just like signposts to say, here's some of the highlights of what has happened. But I felt like we were to also look with that lens of the journey home. See, as we look at it like that, I think that what we discover is that these past five years, as we started off on that journey in 2016, uh, of hearing that sense of adventure, then in 2017 of thinking, could we believe God for a home? We then found that actually the last five years have been about finding home, where God provides us it. It's been about understanding home, of what does it really mean to be and build home together. And then it's been about establishing home. Establishing home of what it looks like for us and how we can invite others in. You see, just like my family on that hillside in the Lake District, I think this is a moment where we can look back and say, look how God and what God has done amongst us. Look how God has provided and led us. To look back and see the beauty to look back and see the wonder. But then also as we look back to allow it to fuel us in this moment to say, what might God do next then? To fuel our faith to say, God, this isn't the end of the journey. It's actually now we get to continue to establish home and how do we live doing that? And therefore in this moment, I'll look at just 22 and beyond. See, last summer... As, long, as well as going to the Lake District, I also got the privilege of just getting three days to have a retreat. And in those three days, I felt like God say that it's going to be a moment to pause for perspective. And in it, as I prayed about where I should go, because there wasn't many places to go, I felt God say, you're to go into the city center and get up high. And so where I ended up going, and this will be different for different ones of us, because we think, man, the last place that I'd want to go is a city center for a tree. I'd want to get out of the city, go to somewhere beautiful and countryside. Now, I ended up in the rotunda. And as I was on the 10th floor of the rotunda, I just felt God say, like, this is a moment where I just want to take you some time out to give perspective of where you've been, but also where you're going. And as I was in this room on the 10th floor, this was my view. And I remember thinking, man, I want to change the view. Like, there's amazing city I love, like, seeing. I want to see the south of the city. And I was facing the east. And particularly, it was just continuously facing a building site. A building site that you can see there. And I kind of thought, what on earth is that? And so kind of did what everyone does at that point and turns to the Google. And as I turned to Google, kind of look at it, find it on the map, and realize that this is the building site for Curzon Street Station. 
the new Curzon Street station, which is the landing point of the HS2 line. At that point, I'm like, oh, no. HS2 is just into so much controversy. I don't know why I really think about it. I'm not necessarily a massive fan. I was like, oh, God, why? I want to change rooms. And I just felt God say, now I want to talk to you about some stuff through this. Now, in it, what I'm not saying is God is pro or against HS2. That's not what I felt God speak to me about. Rather, I felt God, an invitation from God to look into the, what Curzon Street Station was all about. And as I looked into it, what I discovered was a story that wasn't about us, but was about future generations. It was about providing something structurally in this country that was about future generations. And in it, in terms of those future generations, it was also about four areas. It was about a building, it was about connection, it was about capacity, and it was about environment. And as I looked into that, I believe God said to me, this is what I want you to know that I'm speaking to you about in terms of Oasis. That it's about future generations. And it's about building, it's about connection, capacity, and environment. And kind of as I got my time away, kind of gathered with others uh, in the leadership team, just shared that. And together we just felt like this feels like God's in this. And so in terms of our word for this year and maybe moving forward in 2022, it's this, legacy. I believe there's an invitation from God to live in a way individually and together that is not about us, but about future generations. See, that's what ultimately Curzon Street Station is about. It isn't about us, it's about future generations. And what struck me is this building, as we heard me talk about in 2017, is a story that was actually founded by someone that actually has caused us as a future generation to benefit. You see, in 1837, a guy called Mr. Parker turned up in Harborn to tell people about Jesus. Turned up on a Sunday morning, you can read his story on a poster at the back, and as he turned up, he was greeted with dead cats, soil, and bricks. The following Sunday, he turned up again with a blind friend, thinking maybe they'll listen to me now, and was greeted again with dirt, dead cats, dead, uh, rotten fruit, and bricks. And a local family took pity on him and took him in. And as they took him in, he began to share, and his blind friend began to share about the wonder of who Jesus is. To cut a long story short, by 1837, they then moved, it wasn't actually 1837, it was two years before that, 1835, he turns up, 1837, there's enough gathered, they realize they've outgrown the home, and so they buy a building on the high street and form a chapel. Within a few years, they've outgrown that and build this. See, we're in a building that was a legacy of someone who just said, this isn't about me, this is about Jesus. And Jesus reaching a community and seeing what happens. And I believe the invitation is for us to think not of ourselves in the now, as we live as a generation so often of the now, but to be thinking of generations to come. And to be invited to live in a way that says, how can we live individually and together with legacy on our hearts and minds? And therefore, I want to briefly just look at 
those four areas I believe that together we're to live with legacy. Firstly, in terms of building. In terms of building, let's first remember it's always about Jesus. At the very start of our story, I remember us landing thinking, 18 of us in the lounge in Mosley thinking, how are we going to reach anyone else? I remember talking to someone who's in leadership at that point, and they just said, I think if we just love Jesus and don't do anything stupid, I think it'll be okay. And that's the reality. That's all we've ever done. Love Jesus, don't do anything stupid. And I think that's how it's meant to be. That's what it means to build a legacy is it's all about Jesus. It isn't about us thinking maybe in 150 years someone will mention our names. Oh, I don't want that to happen. I want in 150 years' time someone to be saying, isn't it amazing the wonder of who Jesus is? We get to build on Jesus and build with Jesus and cause him to be the legacy that we invest in others. I think in terms of building, it's about this building, South Street. The reality is we took on a five-year lease in 2017. It doesn't take long for us to do the math and realize that that's up this year. But I just wonder whether we're not going to just rent this again. I wonder if we need to be looking at how do we make this home our home for future generations? How do we secure the longevity of this so that future generations don't have to think about buildings because they always had it? They get on with other stuff. And if I want us to look this coming year at how can we seek to own this long term? Secondly, it's about connection. In terms of connection, I'd say it's upward, it's sideward. That is a word, you can Google it. And it's outward. In terms of upward, that's to do with God. And I'd say that's about this. It's about us ensuring that as a body, as a family, we continuously live with this pause rhythm in our life. And that how we do that, how we stay centered, is all we looked at last Sunday in terms of the way we stay centered, those eight practices that cause us to allow Jesus to be the one that's shaping our lives. But as, upward, as well as upward, it's sideward. It's in terms of how we live towards each other, which is all about small groups. Reality is small group is the place where we get to know one another and get known. It's the place where we get to shape and spur one another on to love Jesus. But the reality is small groups need to stay small, therefore there needs to be more of them, which means that some of us are going to step up and say, I'm going to open my home up or a coffee shop up or something up in order that others can gather with me, in order that we can be a small group together. And it's also about gathering. The sideways is also like moments like this, as well as exploring other moments where we can meaningfully gather together. And then outward is all about reaching out to our neighbors, our city, our nation, and the nations. And that's a big, big field. But we have a big God, and we have a big message, which is Jesus changes everything full stop. But with that, it's also reminding us that we live outwards with justice and mercy deep in our hearts. You know, I think it's fascinating. We end up in a building with stained glass windows. Could have never imagined that. But the biggest one behind me is one that reveals God's heart for justice and mercy. Where it speaks of when you were hungry, when you were thirsty, when you were naked and when you were sick, I came and met with you. And there we meet and see Jesus. The heart of who we are is justice and mercy. So secondly, it's about connection. Just to say, this is a framework. We're going to build the flesh on this framework as we move forward over the coming years. 
Third one, capacity. Capacity, I think, is all about drawing others in and planting others out. In terms of drawing others in, I think we're to live increasingly with that message of hospitality, which I think transforms how we live in home. So if you had to come round to my personal home, 47 Charrington Road, my kids keep telling me off for saying my address online, you're always welcome, um, 47 Charrington Road. They did say, but doesn't that mean that every Sunday morning everyone knows that no one's there? Um, but fortunately my son is there, so if you go and break in my house, we'll find out. Um, but 47 Charrington Road, if you had to come around my home, I know I host you. I'm not a guest, it's my home. Therefore, if you come around, I'm going to make you drinks. I'm going to make you feel welcome. I'm going to make sure you're okay. I don't sit there with you coming in thinking, come on then, speak to me. Are you going to make me a drink? And it's my home. I host. I wonder if that's how we're going to be around our home together. I wonder if we're going to live knowing this is our home, therefore we're the hosts. And so if it is our home, we're hosts, not guests. That transforms how we act. Now, for some of us, we'll be thinking, yeah, but I don't know if this is my home. Yeah, great, you're a guest. Therefore, we want to host you. But I think in terms of hospitality, part of how it expresses us coming to a point of figuring out, is this our home? If it is, we're no longer a guest, we're a host. That transforms how we live and how we act towards each other. But it's also about planting out. I believe we're going to continue to plant out people, resources, and we are going to plant some churches. That's part of our legacy. Because there's some people we can't reach from here, therefore we need to go to where they are. Then lastly, the environment. Part of our legacy is what we build together, which is our culture. You know, the culture isn't something that we pin on a wall and hope for the best everyone gets it. Now we're going to live and keep exploring how are we shaped by this culture. It's the environment of those around us that we care for those in the community literally around us. And in terms of environment, I think increasingly in terms of our legacy is how we care for this planet. As followers of Jesus, we're made in God's image. And what God ordained for us to do is to care for this planet. And therefore we express our following of Jesus by doing that. And therefore part of our future, part of our legacy is how we care for the environment. I believe today we're invited to live and build with legacy in mind. Legacy of future generations. And that will shape how we live individually, and I believe it's, how, it's going to shape us how we live together. But in, it, in this moment, rather than say, right, who's up for it? Who's going to come and build legacy? No, no, I think we finish where we start off with is that we exist because we believe Jesus changes everything. Therefore, the legacy we're always going to be building is him. This isn't about building the Oasis empire. This is about building the kingdom with the King Jesus. And therefore, I think the right place to gather and end this moment is in a song of prayer to him, of asking as he taught us to pray for his kingdom to come. Therefore, I'm going to ask Becca and the band, which I always love saying, Becca and the band, uh, to come forward as they do. I'm just going to pray for us. I don't know how you've arrived today. Maybe you're thinking, like, what is the point of life? The point is to know Jesus and to share him and cause others to know him.
And we've got caught up in that. Maybe you need to get caught up in it. Maybe you've been thinking, like, how do I leave my marker on the world? Oh, it's much bigger than that. How do we cause the world to see more of who Jesus is? That's the invitation to legacy. I'm just going to pray for us. Jesus, I thank you that you don't literally cause us just to be taken from this world as soon as we find you. I thank you you cause us to live here in order to show the wonder of who you are. I thank you you give us this deep sense of purpose, a deep sense of purpose that you're inviting us into in more and more ways to live with legacy, to live realizing that how we live now is in order that future generations can benefit from the wonder of who you are, Jesus. And so I pray, would you cause us to be shaped by that more and more? Amen.